Welcome to the Ultradent Products Podcast. Today's guests are John Orfanidis and Dr. Shannon Griffin. Mr. Orfanidis is owner and director of Orphan Dental Laboratory, a full-service lab and research facility located in Metro Boston. Mr. Orfanidis is affiliated with Tufts University School of Dental Medicine in the capacity of research associate. Dr. Griffin is a general dentist in private practice, a part-time clinical instructor at the University of Oklahoma College of Dentistry, and a regular guest lecturer at the Tufts University School of Dental Medicine. She is also a Jameson coach and speaker and coaches all dental teams, but often coordinates projects for the Jameson launch program designed specifically for those starting a new practice from scratch. Mr. Orfanidis and Dr. Griffin will be discussing ways to avoid porcelain failure. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm Shannon, and I'm here talking with John. I am a dentist in private practice in Oklahoma, and John is a lab technician extraordinaire, and I have lots of questions about porcelain failures and what we can do to avoid those in the future. And thanks for coming, John, and sharing information with us. Thank you. I want to talk a little. I want to find out more about what we as dentists can do to avoid porcelain fractures, either from metal or from all ceramic porcelain. What can we do to avoid that in the future? Because we know how costly that is, not only to us and our bottom line as dentists, but also to our patients and their time out away from their work and their families. And also, it affects you in in your lab and your business also. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Um, there's certain things to look out for. Our treatment planning is very important. Uh, we need to start off with occlusion, first of all. We need to make sure that uh, we don't have any posterior interferences and make sure that we have anterior guidance and follow the rules that we've learned in dental school. It's very important. So harmony is, is important. If teeth are out of harmony and we hit one tooth too hard, then that could cause fractures in that. Absolutely. And that too. Um, because the mouth is a full functioning system, uh, not only with aesthetics, but um, form and function is very important. We would like to go into the treatment planning stage, which would be starting with uh, your occlusion, like we said before, your material choices, and work that way to get a final result which your patient will be very happy with. You won't have too much time to waste in inserting the case, and you'll be very happy with the final result. You know, John, in dental school, we learn a lot of one-tooth dentistry. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's possible for us to find a way to do multiple-tooth dentistry and have a predictable result every time? Yep. Uh, That way, uh, you can have uh, predictable results when you uh, set up your case in an articulator, communicate with your laboratory, and uh, do a diagnostic wax-up. And from there, that's your starting point. Uh, If you decide to treatment plan with a burr, you're going to insert with a burr. Uh, And it's not not a good thing. Uh, To save a lot of chair time and a lot of um, uh, anxiety that your patient may have with what's this result going to look like, um, you can diminish all those questions by having a good diagnostic wax up and starting from there. So let's talk about the articulator for a moment. Do you think if we're doing an anterior porcelain case... Um, do you think it's necessary to have a face bow? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's very important to have a face bow. Also, it's very important to have. Um, it's very important to have an interpupillary line. And remember that uh, many patients do have cants 
in their smiles mm -hmm. and sometimes making their teeth totally straight to their eye line isn't always the best choice. What you want to have is a nice balanced smile. Okay. Take those factors into consideration. So make sure we get a bite or a smile with the patient biting where you can see their teeth and their, their eyes relative to the ground. Right. Okay. Uh, use a bite stick. Um, and just transfer as much information as you see with the patient. You would like to transfer it to the dental technician or whoever you're working with. So the information that you both have is the same. Okay. Now, at what point do you select the materials that you need for a ceramic case? Somebody comes into the practice, you know that they ha have a high aesthetic demand, and I feel like I can do it. We've done a wax up. At what point do you and I get together, or do I make a decision about materials? Because, frankly, I don't know that I know enough about it to make that decision. Right, and, you know, that's a good thing because you need to practice on your dentistry and your clinical skills. And as a dental technician, we are here to aid the doctor in a lot of the materials that are coming out. And there are so many new materials coming out for dentists, like composites and bonding agents. Likewise, uh, technicians and laboratories have many materials coming out, so we're kind of the material experts. But material choice starts from the beginning as you're treatment planning with photographs and, and like we said, the diagnostic wax up. That's where you can say, you know, what can we do with metal? What can we do with all ceramics or pressable ceramics? Okay, great. So we've been talking about the anterior region. Is there anything special we need to to look at when we're doing a single or maybe two units in the posterior region of the mouth? There's really no special considerations, just that you need to always consider the occlusion and remember that interferences uh, usually happen in the back of the mouth and we need to be very aware that even slight changes with certain patients may cause a big problem. Okay, thank you on, on all of those points. I would like to know more about, are there, is there anything that I can do as a dentist, regardless of the region of the mouth, is there anything I can do as a dentist to make your job better so that what I do clinically produces a good result so that you can produce a good result for me? Mm -hmm. I can't stress enough that treatment planning is very important, but uh, as you're prepping, as far as prep design is concerned, you need to make sure that we have uh, nice rounded edges so you have no sharp line angles because as we cast alloy or press glass or mill on a milling machine, uh, sharp angles don't do well in any of those scenarios. So uh, important tips would be make sure that all your teeth are prepped round with rounded corners. Make sure that there's no troughing. Um, have a nice chamfer finish line. Make sure that the impressions are clear. If you have any tags or pulls, just retake the impression because you're only doing a service for your patient and they'll appreciate it when the final result comes. And what type of, how do you prefer to have your occlusion recorded? Uh, bites, uh, full arch impressions are always the best. We do have issues with triple trays that uh, sometimes are not so bad if it's a single tooth and there's not much going on, but we always prefer full arch impressions. That gives us a big picture. Great. I'd like to ask one or two questions about reduction because I know this comes up a lot, and I feel like I will plan for a ceramic case, and then when we see the mounted case, I may not have reduced enough in the posterior for reduction. 
truly what is the depth that we need for an all ceramic material? Oh. Uh, we need at least one and a half millimeters. The cores for zirconia, uh, because that is the new materials that we're using, such as zirconia, uh, require at least five and a half tenths of a millimeter of thickness as far as the core is concerned. So we would like to have at least one and a half millimeters of reduction. But one issue that we do sometimes find in posterior preparations is that the clinicians don't prepare enough to get the nice sharp angles that natural teeth have and it's very difficult to see so using some kind of silicone shell that's made off of the diagnostic wax up is always helpful so you know how much you need to uh, prepare to ensure that you have that one and a half millimeters over the central group correct so you have enough well john thank you very much thank you this should help all of us be better dentists You are already a fantastic lab technician. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate all the work you do. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. For a full archive of our podcast, please visit podcast.ultradent.com. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for an upcoming podcast, please call us at 800-268-9010.